0: Producing the Ball and Mitt Podcast, a willy-nilly talk show about baseball, life, and the occasional knee slapper. So grab your Cracker Jacks, sit back, and relax. It's gonna be a doozy. Here's your host, the Bees Knees himself, Brian Brammer!
1: Hey, baseball fans. My name is Brian Brammer, and this is the Ball and Mitt Podcast, Episode 4 good news today. You won't have to listen to any of my ramblings because I have a special guest. I want to introduce to you Malcolm McMillan. What's going on, man? How are things on your end? Doing well. How are you, Brian? Um, It's a Monday, so <laughs> I'm breathing. I'm doing well. Started off <laughs> good pretty good. I had physical therapy this morning, and that's a pain, but I'm I'm doing okay. You're hanging doing in all there? All right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Malcolm has... So he's run this ballpark guide since 2010. And he has currently visited 66 different ballparks across the major leagues and minor leagues. Um, So his website provides advice for fans who are looking to get the most out of their ballpark experience, like when they go to the ballpark. uh, How can I make this the best experience I've ever had? While his blog provides an informal first-person account of his traveling adventures. In fact, he's about to head back out on the road tomorrow, correct?
0: Yes, sir. And then uh, I've got another trip tomorrow. is just uh, one game in uh, in Ottawa, Canada, and it'll have passed by the time this comes out, I guess. But uh, I'm off to Norfolk, Virginia next week, actually, for a couple games down there as well. So that'll be ballpark 67 for me. 60. Wow, I've been to five, so you're way ahead of me,
1: <laughs> um, and probably forever will be. Now, when you say Norfolk, is this the Tide?
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, Harbor Park.
1: Okay, that's why well, I'm, I'm an Orioles fan. We'll bring that up later on, but but okay, Sounds that's good. yeah. It's their AAA affiliate. There, um, you, you ever? I think it's Baseball America. They have this little 64 team logo championship. Have you ever seen that?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool so, campaign.
1: Yeah, so I think they're in like the semifinals now, and the the tied are pretty far into. And then I looked at after I voted, I kind of saw that they're losing by a lot. It's kind of like the Golden State Warriors against everybody
0: else. Yeah, <laughs> they do have a cool logo. I might have to get a cap or something while I'm down there.
1: Well, let's just jump right in these questions. I actually stumbled upon Malcolm's page just looking for baseball stuff. I love baseball stuff. And I stumbled upon it, ran uh, through it, read also the blog, but as well as the website to certain things that should be supplemented for any baseball loving stadium going uh, fan of the game. So, all right, Malcolm, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who is Malcolm McMillan?
0: <laughs> well, a baseball fan first and foremost, and uh, I always say I'm a guy with an understanding and supportive wife too for all this traveling that I do. Uh, most of it's solo and I have a, <laughs> a wife who hangs out at home and uh, it helps me, of course, with a lot of the stuff with the site as well. Um, but yeah, I'm a baseball fan and I'm actually a writer by, uh, by profession and by education. So, the ability to sort of combine those two loves. I've been a baseball fan forever and I've I've been a been a journalist since uh, gosh, it's going on 20 years now, which is weird to think, but um so to be just be able to combine those loves, travel around North America, check out different ballparks and share my adventures with people. It's uh, I'm very fortunate fortunate to be able to do it.
1: Now, where did this love of baseball originate?
0: Well, it's sort of weird because my Parents aren't sports fans at all, and I've been into baseball um, as long as I can remember. I grew up in Toronto, and I went to my first game when I was six, and I was hooked on going to the ballpark ever since, basically. And I, I remember watching games from—I think from five—just sitting on the with the thirteen-inch TV uh, back in the eighties, just watching my Blue Jays. Um, and it's weird because i'm I'm in Canada, so hockey's the sport up here by far, but uh, baseball's always been the number one sport for me. So five how how could your parents get you to sit still for a baseball game? <laughs> you, you know what's weird is is I don't ever remember or I should I should say I, I always just felt um, so focused on what was happening. i've got uh, I've got nieces and nephews who are around five, six now. And I don't know that they're into sitting for three hours to watch baseball. Um, maybe there's other <laughs> more exciting things to do for kids that <laughs> age. But I just remember sitting there, and often by myself too. I'm sure it was a good babysitting tool. Just put the put the Blue Jays on and, uh, <laughs> and let me be. That's it. Just maybe some teenagers get herself fifty easy bucks, from <laughs> <put them> in <laughs> front
1: of the Blue Jays game, um, and they were they were decent at that time, I believe, and they've been decent as of. Uh, recently now, how did you feel about the whole Bautista departing
0: yeah it was it was it was tough but I think uh, I mean he just got released from Atlanta yesterday or today or something so it just shows I think maybe it was a good idea to move on from him I know you know sports we all know there's a lot of nostalgia and guys move on I remember Fred McGriff was my my favorite player growing up and when he was traded um, I remember crying but they also got Roberto Alomar back, you know, so it worked out, worked out pretty well. And they won two world series. So sometimes in baseball, you just have to know when, when the end of the line has come for someone. But you do know there's no crying in baseball. I know. Well, I was, yeah. I don't know, eight or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I just, I was like, you know, I'm gonna say this line. I'm gonna try to pull it off like Tom Hanks, and then there was this like five seconds of brief pause. I'm like, I just made this really, really awkward.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good. I, 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 I cried know. in uh, private. I remember And so. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. Well, as long as you don't do it in public, no, right? Not a <laughs> Now, what in the world made you want to travel across North America and not only visit these fields? But you know, log them so proficiently. Because I looked at your blog and it's very easy to follow. The spacing is correct. I know that probably came from your background in journalism, but why both of these at the same time go into all the stadiums is one thing, but you know, you mentioned your love for writing. But how did that all come together? What when did you remember or just say, wow, this this works?
0: That's a great question. I've been been traveling since 2010 um, for the ballpark guide and before that I would go to a lot of Jays games, and uh, but that was basically it. I used to go to some Ottawa Lynx AAA um, games back in the day. Actually, they were affiliated with the Orioles for a while um, as well. They were the AAA team for the Orioles. But um, I, I think a lot of baseball fans have sort of a bucket list where they want to see a game in every stadium. And I would think, how am I going to do this? Um, and and I sort of wanted to combine it with with my love of writing and try, try to write a blog and a website to help people um, just get the most out of their experiences. So by combining those, um, it made me sort of have a reason to go <laughs> go traveling by myself for sometimes a week or two at a time. Um, and then in terms of, of logging them, and I appreciate you saying that, but logging them proficiently, uh, per, yeah, it's just, I guess it's just in my nature. I, I tend to notice small, small details and I want to share everything with, uh, with people. I realize not everyone is, is able to travel to as many stadiums as I'm fortunate to be able to travel to. So, um, if I can provide a really sort of systematic look at the stadium, uh, for people who are reading and following along, I think it, it serves them well.
1: Do you sometimes miss home a lot or sometimes and we, you know, we'll make sure your wife doesn't hear this. <laughs> Want to get back out on the road? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I actually I work from home, so it's nice to get out um, and get away for a bit. Um, I travel with my wife sometimes, um, but mostly it's mostly it's solo. And and yeah, I definitely I definitely miss home. But uh, you know, this is a real passion of mine, and my tips tend to be so full of. Activities and so so busy in in some ways that there's not much time to sit around and uh, and miss a lot that's not going on because I've got a lot going on right in front of me.
1: Now let's let's get to some some meat and potatoes here. I noticed that on your traveling blog that you visited a ballpark named the Dell Diamond, home of the Round Rock Express. Tell me about that trip and that well-known active TV show that it's related to.
0: Ah, oh, you've been doing your research. <laughs> so um yeah i was i was lucky to be there in 2016 and um i spent 10 days in texas on that trip uh, five different minor league stadiums two games or two visits each um and round rock was the first one um and yeah they've been uh, that stadium dell diamond was recently featured on fear the walking dead and that is season four episode two if people are wanting to check that out um the ballpark over the off season was completely converted into sort of a, a post-apocalyptic scene and uh, i don't i don't follow the, that show or um or the original walking dead but i did check out that episode and it was amazing to see um you could see a lot of lot of elements of the ballpark that i recognize but of course they'd turned it into sort of a camp or a base or, or what have you and one of the neat things, um, and yeah, if you're a baseball fan, I think you'd probably anyone would get a kick out of watching that episode. But one thing that was neat when I was there, there there's the uh, there was a grass berm um, beyond the left field fence and a bunch of rocking chairs. You often find neat things in the minor leagues. So one of the one of the neat features there, a series of rocking chairs. So I sat in them and rocked <laughs> rocked in them while I was there. And uh, lo and behold, in the show, one of the characters was sitting rocking on one of the chairs. So it was, it was pretty neat to see and sort of compare notes with how I remembered the stadium versus how it appeared in the, uh, in the episode.
1: Well, thank you for, uh, um, not revealing any spoilers. That's appreciated by all of our fear, the walking dead fans <laughs> out there. Um, I like the walking dead hadn't gotten much into the, the other show. Uh, here they're kind of crossing over again, for those who are fans, they, they may do that, but you know, if you haven't seen it by now, shame on you. Um, <laughs> so, what now? Now those rocking chairs. Those are actually. Are they seats you can purchase to
0: watch the game, or are they just there because? I I th- I'm trying to recall. I think you buy them. Yeah, but um, if oh, they're wow. not, uh, yeah, I think they had uh, like seat number number stamped on them. Um, but there were a few that were empty, so I hung out there for a minute and did some rocking. They're in the shade too, which is nice because I I found Texas pretty hot.
1: Right. The sun's even bigger it in is. Texas. Um, so, <laughs> well, see that joke kind of went over better. All right. Um, now, what other parks have you been to that have a similar connection to pop culture?
0: Well, in in terms of uh, yeah, there there Fenway Park, of course, has been in a lot of uh, a lot of movies and TV shows. One that I immediately think of anyway is the town that action movie with uh, Ben Affleck from a few years ago. There was a big shootout scene, sort of in and around Fenway Park. Um, as far as uh, other parks, uh, not necessarily ones I've been to, but there've been, gosh, you know, Oakland uh, Moneyball was shot, a lot of it at in Oakland. Of course, Bull Durham, at Durham Athletic Park. And there, there's been a handful of interesting ones. Uh, Major League, of course, about the Cleveland Indians, was a lot of it was shot uh, at Milwaukee County Stadium. So, um, just some trickery going on there from Hollywood. But uh, a lot of a lot of minor league parks have had different events um, in terms of of movies there as well, and TV shows, things of that nature.
1: Now Appalachian Power Park in West Virginia. Tell me about Rod Blackstone. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> I read that. I was like, I've got to get his perspective.
0: On yeah, this. I know him as the Toast Man, <laughs> and uh, what that means is he's a he's a toast enthusiast. He's a he's a super fan who sits behind home plate. And he's like a one-man cheering section. He gets the fans going in, in big cheers and, and jeers. He does his research and he, he sort of taunts the opposing players. Um, he's got creative signs, but his gimmick is when an opposing player strikes out, he yells, your toast and throws a piece of toast into this <laughs> into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the minor leagues, right? Um Awesome. <laughs> so here's where it gets sort of maybe more interesting he actually got his own tops baseball card a year ago um and he, he's the deputy mayor of Charleston West Virginia like yeah, <laughs> that's only the mayor, in the that's the mayor I want <laughs> yeah, the, yeah that's right oh um, yeah sort of interesting so you can't I find like the fans love him but I I I've, I got the sense some people get tired of his act too. I had a few messages on Twitter saying, you know, is this guy super annoying? But I thought it fun. it's fun. It's a unique feature. Uh, it really is, is sort of the, 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 one of the main attractions of, of going to, uh, to see uh, West Virginia play. So it, I thought it was pretty fun.
1: I can imagine if it was a cross town or cross state rival He'd make sure that the bread would be toasted a lot more, so he can really get some velocity
0: on it. <laughs> yeah, him. really rifle it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, maybe they'll,
0: maybe they'll draft him,
1: <laughs> and he's got um, a toaster
0: at his okay, seat.
1: So, okay, so oh, okay, so he. Well, how do they get that connected in the, in I, the I, um. I, I, extension cord is that what it's called yeah extension
0: i believe i'm trying to recall but i think he's got an extension cord or a little outlet built in or something so he doesn't do all his toasting at home he brings his appliance to the ballpark (laughs) (laughs) and toasts there and he whips these whips these toast and people go nuts for it they're trying to catch the toast like bouquet (laughs) at a wedding
1: (laughs) so sorry man it's reading it is one thing but listening to you tell it i can just (laughs) Oh man, I'd be. All, I mean, I'm gonna talking high five and autographs. I, I'd bring a loaf of bread, have him sign <laughs> that's that. That's a good call. Uh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so earlier I mentioned I'm a huge Baltimore Orioles fan. Grew up in Baltimore, north of about 30 minutes north. What are your impressions of Camden Yards? Everybody says it's the best ballpark because it was one of the originals that started using that brick again and the architecture. But what do you honestly think about it? You won't hurt my feelings,
0: but- <laughs> Well, I would echo that sentiment for sure. Um, it's it's It has to be right up there on anyone's list. Um, I think all of the newer parks owe a debt of gratitude to that design. Um, we went from these, I always call them toilet bowl shapes in the seventies and eighties, just enormous stadiums that you go in and you can't see anything but the sky, you know? Um, and I grew up going to Rogers Center in Toronto and it's very much that way, you can only see the CN Tower because it's a tower. Um, but the the ability to incorporate the ballpark into the surrounding environment is what so many teams do well now, and and Camden Yards was the first one to really do that effectively. And it's such a it's such a great park um, to visit for baseball, but also just the location. I mean, I when I was there, and I've only been there a, a couple times, but I'd go down to the park like. 10 hours early because I, there was so much to do around the inner Harbor and, and all that stuff. So it's definitely a place on my short list uh, to get back to. Um, and I'm really looking forward to doing that.
1: It is a very beautiful area. There, there are some, some dangerous parts. I think that's the way it is in sure. any city. I I do remember that. Was it two years ago where they had to shut the stadium uh, down for any fans to come and watch, but they still played the game. I think it was the, the yes, white socks. That's right. Yeah and Caleb Joseph was the catcher at that time cuz uh Matt Weeters was injured he's always injured great guy great player but always injured as Caleb Joseph was going out to do his stretches he walked over to the stands where the stands of uh, fans would be and he was signing fake <laughs> autographs and waving to them <laughs> oh you know, it was the it was the best um you had to kind of make sure. light of the situation you know out of right. a dangerous situation what was going on at that time now have you ever been to Did you ever go to Memorial Park? No, I never
0: did. I know the uh, Camden Yards, the right field foul pole is from Memorial and there's a plaque on the bottom there. So that's sort of a cool, cool uh, thing to check out when people are there. But no, I never, never made it there.
1: Now, as I mentioned, your blog is very well organized. Now, once you've come back from being on the road or maybe even in between games or when you settle down in a hotel, how do you take all of your notes and all your pictures and begin to put that all together. So it's kind of a repeat question, but not really. I kind of want to understand how does it get from, I'm sure, maybe loose leaf paper and pictures and all. You always want to have more material than you need so you can pull some in and and cut some out. So
0: how does it get from rough draft to final production? That's a great question. Um, I probably owe a bit of credit to a tiny bit of OCD, I think. (laughs) I I tend to be Sort of obsessed with how, how I document things. Um, being a writer, I'm, I'm always sort of looking at the best way or what I feel is the best way, anyway, to do things. And when you write a story, you go by highlights on down to things that aren't highlights. But I, I approach mine doing it in sequential order. So basically, from the time I arrive, or sometimes even from the time I leave my hotel, right to the end of the game. And I, and I do that because I want to give fans uh a real opportunity to to follow along with the experience from start to finish so sometimes something really cool happens two thousand words into the blog post Um, but that's just the way the the way i like to do it and i the way i think it's fun for people to sort of immerse in in that visit with me Um, in, in terms of keeping it organized it's it's handy now everyone has you know a camera built into their their phone so Um, I use a that camera but also a regular SLR camera so I'm always taking pictures and I'm always taking notes as well but I find a picture of something can jog your memory when you're writing about it later on and I don't necessarily have to write as many notes um, while I'm at the ballpark so a lot of the times I'll just snap random images of things that I want to remember and then you know I'll I'll try to try to get the blog post done as soon as I can it's sometimes a challenge because uh, you know. There's those bills to pay in the mean, in the meantime, and and life goes on around you. But the the sooner I can write my blog posts, the easier it is to remember all those intricate moments that I want to share with people.
1: Now, when you go to these the different fields, the different stadiums, are you able to have any significant time with players
0: or other ballpark personnel? Yeah, actually, I've uh, you know I've I've been really fortunate to have a lot of the teams really embrace me, embrace sounds sort of weird, but really support what I do. I've, I've been lucky to be on more, uh, more game broadcasts than I can almost count. Um, so it's really, it's been really cool to connect with the broadcasters and, and do an inning or two with them. Um, just talking about my, my site, my blog, my adventures and that sort of thing. Um, and I've, I've often had private tours of the stadiums from everyone, from interns to a couple of times the team presidents. And one time the team owner actually took me through. So um, I find, especially at the minor leagues, they're really happy for the the type of exposure I can give. And I try to be honest. Um, there are certainly experiences that aren't so hot. And I, I tend to not focus on them. I, I try to really be, be supportive of minor league baseball in this case. Um, major leagues sort of sell themselves. Um, but minor leagues, I think in smaller markets, they're, they're excited for, for me to do what I do, um, share the word, make people more encouraged to go. So yeah, really, uh, some cool time with, uh, with ballpark personnel, team management and that type of thing in terms of players. Um, I don't tend to talk to the players too, too much. Although I, I launched my own t-shirt design, um, last year and, um, it's just basically a logo that will hopefully get me noticed by people. And I find it's fun for fans to see my t-shirt and come up and ask me about my stuff. And we talk We talk baseball. So a lot of the players, um, especially in the minor leagues, have been noticing my, my shirts and coming over to talk to me. So it's been sort of a cool bonus. Um, most of the time you think of waving down a player and calling him to come over. But I've had you know the fortune of a lot of players coming over and saying, Hey, what's that shirt about? What's going on? You know, and I, and I get to tell them about my, uh, my, my site and my adventures. Now, what does the t-shirt say? I think it's got like, f- yeah, oh, that's four right. Words it's uh, it. walk-offs, hot dogs, road trips, and fastballs. And I think I got the order wrong, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did, did get that order wrong. So it's, it's fastballs, hot dogs, walk-offs, and road trips. And I think those four words sort of encapsulate, uh, what baseball fans love. Awesome.
1: Why not? I went to the shop and you can get those in numerous types of colors and designs. I yeah, believe. I've got
0: t-shirts and hoodies and uh, three quarter length shirts. And, uh, it's pretty cool. I've been, been, people are supporting it. And, uh, and I mean, it's a fundraiser for me, the, the more I can sell, the more I can travel basically. And I'm saying, if you buy one, uh, and you go to the ballparkguide.com and you click on uh, the shop link at the top. And if you buy one, uh, if you want to wear it to a game, uh, tweet me a photo or email me a photo and I'll share it. And uh, I really appreciate any support in that way. That's
1: a that's a cool uh, way to get your fans, those who follow you and, and read your blog and go to the website to get them involved, because as it is with any type of media, fan involvement is not only important to yourself or to myself, but also for the fan, it makes them feel like they're part of something bigger yeah, than themselves. Yeah, that's a good call.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. It's sort of I sort of feel like building a community of of uh, ballpark enthusiasts, baseball road trippers, that type of thing. And uh, yeah.
1: Okay. That's the next show. What was it? A&E? One of us, what is it? Uh Ice road truckers or something. know, yeah. <laughs> baseball. I don't know. I should. Yeah, that's on a the good next run. question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just too many words. And it's a Monday, you know. Man, if we're having this interview on a Friday, like I'm rolling. Um, so let me tell tell everybody what's one conversation that you've had with someone, player, personnel that really left uh, an impression on you, whether it was something serious or just something sure. hilarious. Well,
0: I, I've. Uh you know people ask me what's the coolest thing that's happened and and I got Bryce Harper's autograph in 2011 when he was in Hagerstown he hadn't been in the in the major league or hadn't made it up to the major leagues yet and I tracked him down in the parking lot I was able to do a bit of detective work and tell which vehicle was his <laughs> it was pretty difficult all the minor leaguers and <laughs>
1: There's a word for people <laughs> like you, Malcolm, no. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> talking yeah. Bryce Harper now no, no. I'm playing. Go
0: ahead. I interrupted no, you. Cool. I said I wouldn't. Yeah, Go so ahead. that was a cool Enjoy. experience, but I always say that one uh, that one isn't top uh, for me actually. Um, that same season in 2011, you have to bear with me because it's a bit of a, a bit of an anecdote, but I think it's it's pretty cool and you're an Orioles fan, so you might get a kick out of this. But I was in uh, seeing a Delmarva Shorebirds game or the uh, South Atlantic League affiliate and of the Orioles and a, a player named Jeremy Nowak hit a home run and I watched it go over the fence and that was that. And then about the eighth inning, I thought, I wonder if that baseball's still there. And I'm not a ball hawk by any stretch, but, uh, you know, I, I like souvenirs and and so forth. So I left the game about, I think a half, half inning early or something. And I, I went down, uh, behind the fence and the ball was still there. So I grabbed it and I, I went back to my hotel and I tweeted the team and said, or I guess I looked up his stats and it was his first home run in the uh, South Atlantic League. So I tweeted the Shorebirds and said, "Hey, you guys want this ball back for Jeremy?" And I I did it a couple times and I never heard back. And so I thought, "Oh, well, I've got a home run ball in my collection," which was pretty cool. And then six months later, I got a random email from someone identifying herself as Jeremy's girlfriend, and it turned out that. Jeremy had been Googling himself at some point and and found out that I had the ball. I had blogged about it, of course, and he said, "Oh man, it'd be cool to get that ball, my first South Atlantic League home run." So his girlfriend tracked me down and said, "You know, basically told me this story and said, would you mind sending it to me?' And I'd give it to him as a as a Christmas gift." So I did. It was it was sort of weird to part with it because I was happy with the souvenir, but uh, I sent it off and. Sure enough, he sent me some a letter back. I guess it was, and he said, "Oh man, I owe you a I owe you a home run ball now that you gave that one up." So he said, "Hopefully you can come see me again." So in twenty twelve, the following season, I saw him with the Frederick Keys, and we talked for a few minutes. It was the first time I'd met him. Um, you know, he was he was up one level in the Orioles system, and went and saw him. And so we talked for a few minutes before the game, and then watching the game, and lo and behold, he hits a home run. So I thought, oh man, I'm going to chase that ball down again. And before I got there, the bullpen had retrieved it and given it to some fan. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I got to, I got to see him, see him see him hit a home run. And I talked to him after the game, I went to congratulate him and he just sort of blew me off. Like he was on a mission and, uh, he had, tra- he had gone and tracked down the fan. He had traded his game bat to the fan for the ball. And then he came back and gave me the ball. So. I mean, he, he said, I owe you a home run ball. And then the next game he, he got me a home run ball, um, he, came through, he came. And not through even and the coolest part in the awesome. way we became friends after that. And a couple years later, I, uh, he invited me to his wedding.
1: <laughs> wow. Who, did you ever, I mean, you can't imagine that doing a good deed is going to lead right. you to a I mean, nice it's, little it's, wedding party. <laughs> and to me, that
0: sort of encapula- encapsulates how fun the miners can be, you know, the, the interactions, uh with players, you'd never get that to the same degree in, in the major leagues, you know? Um, and you know, just trust your gut, go for it, try something. You know, I, I wondered if the ball was there. I didn't know if it would be, and it, it turned out pretty well. We're still in, we're still in touch. And, uh, you know, I saw him f- play a few more times after that. He's no longer, no longer in uh, professional baseball, but, uh, yeah, became a friend after that It was pretty cool.
1: So I think you were willing to, you know, hindsight, departing of that ball
0: actually, you got oh, well, something time, greater in return. Time, you know, I've uh, it would be a ball sitting on my shelf, yeah. and now I've got another home run ball that he signed for me, and uh, just what 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 turned out to be my favorite story of all these all these ballparks that I visited.
1: So you've been mentioning minor leagues. There there are a lot of things that can occur that can't happen in the majors just because of security and and all those other things that come with it. So here's the rub: at which ballparks have you had the best experience? Major, minor, and I'll throw a curveball in there (pun intended). Uh, independent league. I don't know if that's kind of considered minors. I guess it could be, but they still have their own oh, little yeah, forks sure. and of
0: themselves. I find, um, you know, I think when I started this project, I was sort of focusing on the uh, on the major leagues, but I've really developed a love of minor league baseball. I just find it's so fan friendly. Um, the access to the players. Um, there's so many off the wall promotions like the, like the Toastman, the aforementioned Toastman, um, that you get in the minor leagues. Um, you know, the affordability of, of tickets and concessions and, and that type of thing. And food's a big thing for me. I, I really love experimenting with, with crazy concession items. And I find the minor leagues really deliver on that front. So it's hard to compare. Um, but in terms of best experiences, I've been to so many more minor league parks, 52 different minor league parks, I think, um, than the major leagues and major leagues are always going to be the major leagues. They're always impressive. But I, I say to people, if you've only checked out big league ball, check out, check out the minor leagues. I, I really find that, uh, you will have a memorable experience in those parks. Now I want to pause real quick, uh, Malcolm, give you some time
1: to tell us uh, how we can follow you, how we can support you before I ask the sure, uh, last I question. Sure, I appreciate
0: that. So um, my main website is ballparkguide.com and it's uh, a site that provides tips and information for fans who want to get the most out of their experience. So if you're wanting to know how to park at Fenway Park, don't do what I did and pay $50 to park. <laughs> I, I literally paid $50 to park at Fenway. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Read my site and learn some tips. Um, $50 can go a long (laughs) way if you're buying hot dogs or something. Um, so things like, like where to park, even in some cases where to stay, um, how to get the most out of your experience, what food you should eat, what sections you should check out, or maybe sections you should avoid and that type of thing. Uh, if you're looking for a more informal, um, firsthand account of my travel adventures, it's the ballpark guide.mlblogs.com. Um, I mentioned the t-shirt, uh, click shop on the ballpark guide.com as well. If anyone's interested in that on Twitter, you can find me at ballpark guide on Facebook. You can just search the ballpark guide and I'm on Instagram a bit too at, uh, the ballpark guide as well.
1: Now, do you also have uh, a way, um, for fans to support you, you know, through monetary donations or, uh, an affiliate link or anything like that? (laughs) Yeah. So, I, yeah, you know, I did, I did my research. I did my stalking right. too. You call it investigation. It is what it you is. You know what? If, you, what you if want. you're going to my
0: website and checking it out, that is uh, supporting me um, nicely. There, they. Um, you can also. I mean, of course, the T-shirt purchases are are helpful. Um, I have uh, an affiliate program with SeatGeek, so if you click on the SeatGeek. SeatGeek banner on my website and buy your tickets through there. They'll send me a couple bucks, which I'm using, of course, to fund more uh, more baseball road trips. So if anyone wants to do that, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just uh, SeatGeek knows that you came from me and uh, they send me a couple bucks. So that's wonderful if anyone feels to do that. All right. Now,
1: before we wrap things up, when are you going to make your way to North Carolina to not only visit the Durham Bulls Athletic Park which is the AAA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays, as well as um, the Ting Stadium. That's the home of the Holly Springs Salamanders. They came here in North Carolina about three or four years ago, and they are part of the Coastal Plain League. The They're an independent summer bat league for college students from Division One to Division Three. Very, very nice stadium. It's kind of a complex. Got some soccer fields there as well. So do you have any plans on making your way down, down here to the good old Southern yeah, parts nothing, of the world. Uh,
0: nothing in written in stone just yet. I actually am hoping to get to North Carolina later this summer. So, um, and Durham would be on the short list of those ballparks. The, the independent stuff I love to do when I'm able to, but um, it's not my top priority, so I'm, I'm mainly focusing on affi- major leagues and affiliated minor leagues. Um, that said, I do hit independent stadiums when I'm able, so that might be that might be worth checking out. and I know it's quite close as well, but I will certainly uh, keep you posted um, in terms of I've got some some good trips planned for the rest of the summer, and as I say, I, it's perhaps in the works for North Carolina, not uh, not confirmed yet. But anyone who's following me on Twitter or uh, Facebook, I'll certainly be announcing travel plans there as I make them. Okay.
1: Well, when you uh, come this way, we'll take you out, to get you a bite to eat and um, maybe we'll hang, hang out. Maybe I can get my, my picture on one of those my <laughs> ugly like mug on one of your guides. Hey, it sounds like that we're wearing. We're wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Don't forget everyone follow Malcolm on his Facebook and Twitter uh, at ballpark guide. Uh, check out his webpage, his uh, his blog. Fantastic information. I it's almost like I wish there was more time today day to go through all of it. Uh, sixty six ballparks, sixty seven tomorrow, and we want to continue to support him again. Affiliate links with SeatGeek, uh, and uh, as well as donations and, and purchasing the shirts. So if you guys want to continue to see him um, do these baseball guides and and blog, uh, feel free to help him out this way. Follow him as well. Um, give him the support. So. Uh, or both. You can do whatever you want. So, Malcolm, it's a pleasure and honor to have you on the uh, Ball and Mitt podcast. I appreciate you taking your time. Uh, best awesome. of luck Thanks and for safe travel. This is really tomorrow. fun.
0: Always nice to uh, to chat baseball. And I don't think I said a once. I, I'm always worried about saying a because I'm from Canada. So I don't think I said it once, did I? Uh,
1: oh, no, you said about and
0: out a lot. I was going to mention
1: but yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. That, that's cool. But um, yeah, that's A might true. be more of the hockey flair. So if you're not <laughs> right you know, on. big into hockey, you stay away from that. So. Thank you. All Thanks right. Well, lot. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much.
0: Well, folks, that's a wrap. This has been a Ball and Mint podcast production. Take a gather at our website and remember to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Farewell, baseball fans!